0: All right, well, good evening. Welcome to our, our midweek uh, service. Um, we've been, probably for the last eight weeks, uh, speaking from the angle of, uh, from the teaching proven. And we've been going through uh, just some of the, the tests that God used to prove us um, in leadership and ministry and life. All right, so today we're going to uh, revisit uh, the character test. We talked about it uh, briefly. Um, uh, but I want to sh- share this first you know in God's uh, in God's house in the body of Christ uh, and our uh, we operate in our fulfilled purposes it furnishes and supports the foundation of his house you know so when we're operating in God's house and we start to And and navigate through the body of Christ and we start to fulfill our purposes, it furnishes the support for the foundation the core of God's house. People are coming in to build their lives on a foundation. And so when we operate in his will, we assist that. God's place um, of testing um, for us is us living out that will. So as we're we're navigating and live, live out the will. Because think about God's constantly communicating his will. The adversary is against his will. So it's, it's, it's testing our ability to be obedient in the midst of uh, temptation, in the midst of uh, um, zeal, in the midst of, um, what do you want to say, like uh, ambition, you know, to really stay locked in on his test. I was talking to a young man uh, this week, uh, I don't know. He might be now. Yeah, my son's forty-three. He's either forty-three or forty-two. And so we, you know, each time we talk, we talk for like a couple hours. But he's done phenomenal in life. He's, you know, you know, you know, running a Fortune 500 company. He's, uh, he's doing multi-multi phenomenal. And so we were just talking about, we were talking about this particular teaching proven, and we was talking about just consistency and how it's very difficult uh, sometimes to be consistent, but it's worth it. And he was saying, he said, man, how you, I try to tell the people that I'm leading all the time, he said, the principles don't change. He was like, so the principles are the same. He says, now how you carry them out may be different. But the principle's the same. He says, he said, and, and it's the key. He said, you know, I've learned it as I'm growing. You know, people kicking and screaming. People come to the job, they're criticizing, they don't think it takes all that. Some of the other uh, uh, VPs and things like that may not think it's necessary. He says, but I've just had to stay the course and be consistent and and hold on to the principle. And he says, and he says, he says, that's what leadership is all about. He says so the people we're doing well because people are carrying out the principles that I've given them. He said, they're, they're, he said you know, that's, that's a part of leadership, like they're, well, I won't say his name, but we'll just say uh, Mr. Brown. Hey, Mr. Brown would rather us do this this way. Mr. Brown would rather us flow this way. We do the same thing. Christ would rather us do it this way. This is the best way to do it. But see, we, you know, if, if we haven't been exposed to teens Um, huge uh, uh, management corporations and things like that, where you have had to be a part of a team, We, we fight kicking and screaming. And he made this comment. He says, we should all have the same goal, everybody winning. So, if everybody's winning, then we can all stick with the principles. But if it's about self, everybody doesn't win when everybody has their own individual way of doing things, everybody does not win. You could, uh, uh, grab a team. We're running a play. Everybody has their assignments on the play. Somebody deviates from that assignment, they can mess up everything. You know what I'm saying? Just one person deviating from their assignment. So it's not control. It's harmony. You know. Uh, you know. I, I, it, was, it was only Division Three, but we went to the Final Four. We went to the Final Four because we were. We were together. We didn't you know, all hang out. Everybody had different ways of doing things. Tim, when we got in that court, though, we were all together. We won together. You know, being a part of uh, teams, uh, of course, we was at a pretty good-sized ministry. It only works when everybody is in harmony. I worked in corrections for years. I coached harmony. And so, so this testing and this proving, God needs to know you're going to be in agreement. When God, when God thrusts you out there, are you just going to be do, or doing your own thing or his thing? Or, or what would he purpose you for, okay? All right, so this brings us to the character test, and we talked about this briefly um, in week one, but this is where we are surrounded by ungodliness that attempts to pull us in this direction. We may be tempted to sin in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, all right? Uh, those, those, you know, same deal, you know, First John 2, uh, 16, and of course, uh, Genesis 3, 6, you know, when she says she saw that it was good for food, um, it was pleasant to eat, and to make one wise, right? So, lust of the flesh, that's the eyes, of pride of life, and then, of course, that specific scripture is 1 John two sixteen. But the scripture says, walk in the spirit, you should not fulfill what? The lust of the flesh in Galatians 5:16, right? So, so, so when we're in this character test, we have to challenge ourselves that I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm not just going to be uh, fulfill the lust of the flesh or be led by the flesh. The character test shows us the areas of weakness in our own personality, and the reality of our inward self. Okay, the reality of our inward self. There's things. You know, because we always think we're at a certain place, but it's a reality. Every leader has hidden character deficiencies of which he, is totally, he or she is totally unaware until confronted with a specific situation that demands a godly response. Just like uh, when you're single before you get into a relationship. Before you get into a relationship, as far as you're concerned, you're fine with you. Then you get into the relationship and the person goes, Now you're going to do that? Wait, wait, wait. Could you repeat what you just said? But, but, but before they asked you, and, and this is something that's probably, and when I look back now, it's funny, uh, but at the time, it was very interesting. So we first got together. I was visiting her house, and I've told the story before. I get up and go look out the window and I'd come talking to her, and I get up, go look out the window, and she's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm just checking out my car. And then I had the conversation, and then it hit me. I've been doing it for so long, I was so used to checking on my car because, you know, my car got stolen four times in uh, New Jersey. So, you know, that was just a habit, checking on my car. She was was laughing. She was like, what's wrong with this guy? Is this, you know, hey, look, is he a criminal? Like, is somebody coming to the house? (laughs) You know, is he expecting somebody to come in? But it was just such a default that I would have never noticed um, if I hadn't connected with the wonderful Pastor Melanie, all right? And so, so when we're going through this process, look here at Matthew 4. Let's go Matthew 4. Because character is the key. That's our core. That's our foundation. That's where the, the, either the principles are engineered in, the fundamentals is what we would say with basketball, they're in the, engineered in or they're not. So when we train people in basketball, you train them fundamentals um, and you train them at their core. Even under pressure, they're going to operate in the same level of default, no matter what. So, if you train somebody, totally elbow reaching in that. If you. you just train somebody that way. Under pressure, that's what they're going to do. But if you have, if you just plan off of, I feel this way, I feel that way. If your whole game is based on how you feel, what happens when you feel bad? You're going to miss shots, right? And so, so technique can withstand pressure. Your feelings can't. All right, so Matthew 4, um, and this is, uh, of course, uh, the story of Jesus, verse 4, of what Jesus being tested. It says, but he... Uh, I'll just start with verse 1. Then was Jesus led up the spirit in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And this is after God said, this is my son, whom I'm well pleased in Matthew three seventeen. So right after God endorsed him, the next thing was testing in the wilderness. Right? And, and when he had fasted, 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward uh, hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, it is written. Key, word, key thing is it is written, man, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that I perceive by the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, and saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, it is written, again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And again, the devil taketh him up into exceeding high mountain, and showed Showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence, Satan! For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Shalt thou serve? Then the devil leaveth him. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. Another word said the devil left him for a season, right? Another um, account in the Gospels left him for a season. So here Jesus was tempted right after what? Right after God endorsed him. Right after the greatest blessing. This is my Son, whom I'm well pleased, whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit falls on him like a dove. People see, man, not only this is he saying he's the Son of God. God shows up audibly to confirm it. The power of God falls on them, and the next thing, this same Holy Spirit that fell on them took them into the wilderness, all right? So, a lot of times, after some of our greatest levels, is our greatest testing, all right? So, that's not the time to drop your guard. So, the scriptures, let's go here, Proverbs 14. So, during this process of character testing, and it shows what's going on in your personality, you'll even recognize how you're... Your, is the Holy Spirit leading you or are your feelings guiding you? Proverbs 14 12. Proverbs 14 12. It says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man. It says, But the end thereof are ways of, ways of death. So, th- so there's one way that may seem right to us, but the end of it can lead to multiple ways of death. <laughs> All right? You notice it went from singular to plural there, right? If you go over to chapter 16, verse 2, and this is all of us as we've been growing. It says, all the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the Spirit. All the ways of, of man, all our ways are clean to us. We're not the best assessment of our direction because we think everything we're doing is the right thing to do, right? So we have to measure that with God, right? And so, so uh, over the years, you, when you think about testing, you hear, uh, you hear people uh, misquote scripture, and you know, not being facetious, but maybe they just didn't read through it, or they've heard it over and over. God won't put on you more than you can bear, but that's not actually what the scripture says. Let's go to First uh, Corinthians ten. Now we're talking about the character test. And we're talking about how we go through the character test, you know, to for us to recognize really uh, what's, what's at our core that could be negatively affecting our momentum, right? So 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. 13, this is, there, there has no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. Anything you go through, people have gone through. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, so he won't allow it. He says, but will, but we'll, with the temptation, so he didn't say he would get rid of it. It says, with the, to basically convert the temptation. He says, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear, so he'll convert, use the temptation to create a level of strength and help you navigate uh, through it, not around it, right? You see that? He'll utilize the temptation to your advantage. All right, so David understood this in Psalm uh, 27, 13. He says, I would have fainted. I would have given up unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's a scripture that was produced while David was being tested. I would have given up. I would have fainted. You know, I would have given up unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So, so again, now you, when you hear the scripture, you say, oh my God, he must have been really going through. A lot of us are just going through because let's say too much is given, much is required. Not let's say the scripture does say that. Too much is given, much is required. So let's say greatness is way beyond the capacity in which you want to operate in. Right? So that means you're gonna go through, you're going through the process for your greatness, not for what, what you're okay with. So, you know, for some people go, no, this is good right here. I'm good right here. This is all I really need. But it's not maybe all God really needs. So a lot of times when more stuff comes at us, we're going, well, what is this? Well, this is to prepare you for what God designed you to do, not what you're willing to up for. Because some of us are just vacation right where we are. But God has so much more he planned for. Man, I mean, I'm good, man. You know, I'm, you know I'm, I'm top over whatever. But suppose you're supposed to, I don't know run the country or, or, or have a you know, minister in front of 60,000 70,000 people every other week have a TV broadcast that's traveling around the world right? it, 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 it would, it, that would take more character right so, so a lot of times when we're asking ourselves why am I going through this maybe you're going through it for what God is sending you to not for what you're willing to settle does that make sense? Is that amen? Okay, good, good. <laughs> all right, so James chapter one. No, no, I'm good with this. It couldn't possibly be talking about me. Yes, God is talking about you. <laughs> well, what does the preachers be saying? Under the sound of my voice. <laughs> all right, so so all right, so James chapter one verse 12. James chapter 1 verse 12. We'll revisit this later, but this is blessed blessed blessed. Look at this. Is the man that endureth temptation. So not gets around it, not forget about it, not um, temptation didn't show up for the challenge today. No, endure temptation for when he is tried or tested, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that loved him. So there is a reward to endure temptations. Verse 13, let no man say when he is tempted or when he is tested, I am te- tested of God. It says, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. So in other words, the facilitator for the test, right? It says, "But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death, Right? And then 2 Corinthians 12, last foundational scripture before we get into stuff. 2 Corinthians. So again, we're processing through this uh, during the character test, recognizing that we'll go through different tests. And as we're going through, as we're going through these different tests, uh, as much as our humans, the human side of us, we want to get around them, there's a benefit for us to endure and to go through them, right? All right, so 2 Corinthians twelve, and we'll start here, at verse seven. Familiar scripture here at our church. It says, "Unless I should be, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure." So here you have have Paul says, I'm getting all this revelation, I got all this insight, I know all these things, but unless I should be puffed up or exalted above measure, I was given a thorn in the flesh. uh, uh, Verse 8, it says, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. So even Paul, like, Lord, remove this, get this from me, let this go, stop this, I don't want to deal with this, right? It says... And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect or complete in weakness. He says, most gladly, therefore, will I, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So, so the benefit of me enduring this is the power of Christ may rest upon me, right? It says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions. We're going to visit persecutions a little bit later. In distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Right? So so, so he processed through first saying, okay, come on, man. Why is this even? Why am I even dealing with this? Remove this from me. God said, my grace is sufficient. Navigate through it, endure it. I got you covered. He says, the, if. At, at worst, it, it'll, it'll remove all of you, self, and flesh, and then you just be filled up with me. Because in, in your time of weakness, I'm stronger. So the more you decrease, John 3.30, the more I increase, right? The more I can get you out of the way. It's not, it's not your self-confidence. It's your resting in me, right? So God allows circumstantial brokenness to build our character, for us to handle what our gifting and our ability will produce. So God allows, again, allows, remember, because the adversary does all this testing, but he allows circumstantial brokenness to build our character for us to handle what our gifting and ability will produce. So sometimes we we focus on our gifting and our ability and we run out to do things, but we don't have the character to handle what that's going to produce. So that might not just produce, hey, you know, um, I got my own TV show or this, that, and the other. It may produce a whole lot of other things, you know. you had one, one boxer, they trained him to be the youngest heavyweight champion in the world, but his character wasn't ready to handle it, so he, he kind of lost it, you know. Um, no disrespect, but he did, you know, bit my ear off, you know, you know what I'm saying. So, so it was, it was, it was just pressure. It was a lot. It was a lot more than he just wanted to be good at what he was doing. But that drew in more than just what he wanted to do. And so God wants us to be able to handle it, uh, what our gift and our ability is going to produce. Look here, John chapter twelve, right? That's another familiar scripture, but, you know, it's a watering for some, new insight for others. But John chapter 12, verse 24, I remember he allows circumstantial brokenness. It says, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die. So the, the wheat is not just on the surface, but it's buried in. It says, except it fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, bring it bringeth forth much fruit. If it's buried, once that seed is buried, it goes through the pressure of that dirt. It's broken, and it releases what's in it. It's a book called uh, The Release of the Spirit by Watchman Nee. It really highlights that scripture, really breaks down the full revelation of brokenness. But, you know, we're we're trying to avoid brokenness. But brokenness actually helps us to release what's on the inside, right? Uh, Romans 5. Right, so a lot of times when God is building your character, He allows that brokenness because He's just strengthening your uh, strengthening your core, your foundation, so so you can build what He's producing, wants to produce in your life. You know, even when you work out and you and you you lift weights and stuff like that, you're tearing muscles, like you 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 you're, you're breaking you you're breaking down those muscles and then they contract and they build up stronger. You know what I'm saying, so, so you don't get stronger without going through the resistance, but the breaking. All right, so Romans five. I'm not there yet, but Romans five. Again, we're talking about the character test. So Romans five. Uh, we'll start. No, I have five, four there, but let's start at verse one. It says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory, look, in tribulation also, in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh what? Patience. And patience experience and experience hope and hope for making not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. See, so so again, these tests are working patience and, and patience experience and experience hope or intense expectancy. Right? So 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 as we're as we're navigating um, through the character test. It, it, it feels excruciating, but will we build our character on our own? You know, like, like if, you, if you look at what you want to do and you say, okay, this is what I want to do, but I'm not going to do that right now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to build my character and I'm going to wait to when I, when I know my character is really ready. When we do that on our own, keeping it real, will we stretch ourselves the way we need to? Even if it's exercise, you got to stretch yourself. Would you stretch yourself? At the maximal capacity that you can, you feel the pain, don't you? Somebody else would have to do it, <laughs> right? Because you know, so, you know, I, like as much as I try, I need help, <laughs> right? Because the person stretching you don't feel your pain, do they? Right? Just like the parent don't feel the spanking, <laughs> right? So they can discipline you a lot better, right? All right? So. This is this, uh, Scripture says, 1 Corinthians 15, it says, be not deceived. Like, don't, don't fool yourself. Evil communications corrupt good manners. So as I'm building this character, I can't hang around kryptonite because it's going to weaken my core. What I'm around a lot, I'm going to absorb, right? It's going to weaken my core. Not because I'm trying to be evil. Again, and again, evil communications don't look like evil people. They look comfortable and pleasurable. Does that make sense? So, so this, this character test is a place where we carve out sanctification. It's where we carve out communion, commitment, accountability, and responsibility. This character, this is where we carve out these things. These are the things that we need to maximize our gifting. We gotta live in accountability, not visit it. We gotta live in commitment. Like, like we can't keep. Uh, I'm going to do it for right now. Oh, my bad. My bad. I know I told you. I, man, I'm going to get it together eventually. God's still working on me. No, 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 no. That's not commitment. Because you can't marry somebody today and be, and then you don't show up for two weeks. You know, you're married and then you don't show up at the house for two weeks. Then when you come to the house, oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. You know, see, man, you know, God's really still working on me. You know, because you know, I ain't used to this marriage thing, so you know, I'm used to not coming home for a couple of weeks, but hey, hey, hang in there with me, right? Hang in there with me, I'm gonna do better. It just doesn't work that way, do it? But, but so why do we do that with God and everything else? You know, you, you tell somebody you committed to do something. Oh, I know I told you I'd show up. But, oh, hey, 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 you know, hey, you know, God's still working on me, right? You wouldn't, you, if, if you're relying on somebody, you, You're expecting them to honor their commitment. So you're going to need this going forward. You're definitely going to need sanctification and communion to really navigate going forward in your gifting. So this character test is where we answer the question, can we be trusted? The character test is where we answer that question, can we be trusted? Because God is giving you some some very special things to utilize. And he knows as you're processing through this character test, if your character can handle what he wants to pour in your life, what he wants to sit, the weight of his glory is what the scripture says. It's a weight. And he, he knows if your character can handle the weight of his glory, right? In Deuteronomy 8, uh, we've talked about this also in a few different teachings um, We'll probably talk about it until Jesus comes. But Deuteronomy 8, verse 2, it says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Look, number one, to humble thee. All right, we talked about this in the wilderness test. And to prove thee, look, and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou would keep his commandments or not. To know if I can trust you, would you keep my word at every level I send you? right? Or, or, or as soon as I give you the million dollars, would all of a sudden you don't have time to... to like, like, would your pattern change? Or can I give you a million and you can keep your pattern till I give you 10 million? Keep your pattern till I give you 20 million. Keep your pattern till I get? Could you keep your pattern till I put you in a position where you could be a blessing to whoever I tell you to be a blessing to? Right? Or would... As so, soon so, as so I move you to this level, all of a sudden... Your whole flow changed with me. As soon as I give you this position, you change. As soon as I give you a husband, now you, 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 you don't take care of your health or nothing. I got you now. <laughs> oh, you didn't think I was going to live like this. Nah, I was just doing that to get you back. <laughs> All right. Uh, mm. Character will keep you when your feelings will cheat you. All right, so, 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 uh, (laughs) so, James, James chapter one, uh, James chapter one. Y'all know that'd be happening, right? I I know I was joking, but you know that'd be happening. It'd be like, who is this? (laughs) What happened to the person I married? Oh, I was just playing. (laughs) <laughs> all right, so James chapter 1 and verse 2. Uh, Survival kid Scripture. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, different tests and trials, or times of measurement. It says, Knowing this, is the trying of your faith, work is patience. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, right? Scripture says in Ephesians six ten, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So doing this character test, you got to grip yourselves in the, in the presence and the power of God. And so, I, so I, I was meditating on this. I was thinking, you know, because as we're growing in this life, we slip sometimes and we fall, right? right I mean, you know, because we're trying to uh, grow into perfection. You know, we, we haven't arrived there yet. But I think it's amazing how I was thinking to this, why don't we fall into sin and tell ourselves we're stuck there? You know what I'm saying? You, you ever see some people fall in the snow and be like, I oh, can't do nothing now. <laughs> but when you fall in the snow, do you get up? Or do you go, I done fell in the snow. <laughs> Life's over. <laughs> You're on the way to work. You slip and you fall. You be like, okay, hey, I was on my way in, but I fell. I won't be making it. Oh, no, 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 no. At all. No, ever again. I'm not coming. I fell. I can't get up. (laughs) You know, we don't do that. At least I hope. Or if you fall in the mud, you get up. If you smear something on your clothes, do you wipe it off? Or you just, ah, that's cool. (laughs) You know, big spot. You know, that's cool. You know, right? Or do you clean it off? How come when you smear something on your life, you're not so quick to clean it off. The David said, "Created me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me." Right? How come when we fall in life, we don't just get up? Why we just, <laughs> you know, we sit around? I, I, I really messed up. I really messed up. You messed up at the job? Did you just quit that day, or did you show up at work for a check? All right, so, so, so again, we got to be able to get past these things. So, as I was med- meditating on this, I, I pulled something out that I shared a while ago, and I think I got it. Uh, we started our small groups at the other church that I was over. Uh, we used a book called Emotional Healthy Spirituality. Uh, I forgot the name of the altar. But but it's it's another one called Emotional Healthy Spiritual Church, but we started with Emotional Healthy Spirituality. So over the years, I've pulled some things out. And one of the things I, I took out, because I was talking to Dave about principle, and it reminded me of the character principle. And so the first 150 years of this country was based on character, right? It was focused on integrity, humility, loyalty, temperance, courage, justice, patience, simplicity, Ooh, watch this one. Modesty, like it was the core. It was like default. That's how everybody lived. And the golden rule was the golden rule. You said treat others you want to treat you, or comes around goes around, right? So these they, they, these weren't these weren't like options. This was the core. You know, people taught their kids at home. This is how people live. Sort of how. Like, like, you know, modesty wasn't like, I'm trying to be sexy. No, no, modesty was just normal. And modesty, go back and look at films. People were beautiful. Modesty don't mean you're not beautiful or you don't display yourself in beauty. You know, it's just that you don't exploit yourself in front of others. Right? Does that make sense? And so that was the core for the first 150 years, right? I skip down to this because I got something else I want to hit to. Where is it? Because the last 60, it's been flipped. It's been more about um, the last 60 years has been more about superficial, being superficial. Uh, it's been more about hustle. Uh, success is more about personality, public image, attitudes, behaviors, uh, skills and techniques um, that lubricate the process of human interaction. Attaboys is more about attaboys. Um, you know, pumping people up, you know, it's, it's presenting a good front with no substance. Um, that, that's, that's why, you know, so, you know, you're over a lot of employees. So you get bait and switch a lot, you know, like they're great on the interview. <laughs> it's just the person that you get after the interview be like, oh man, I was just playing. <laughs> no, I was like, oh, that's what they told me to say in the interview. I went on the, on the Google and Google said this is how I was supposed to talk in the interview, but <laughs> I, you think I can do that stuff, man, please? Right? Because that's with the cultures, but back in the day. Go back and look at the production, some of the stuff that's still living through this time now. The reason why we're living off of stuff that happened ages ago is because everything was more productive because of the character. It was about character. It wasn't about shining in personality, right? You see the difference? Right, so solid character is made in secret and displayed openly. It's made in secret and displayed openly. You see, some people don't want to go through the process of allowing things to happen in secret. They always want to be seen, right? But solid character is made in secret. It's behind the scenes, right? We'll get into that. Uh, It's another test, I think, solitude test, right? And and this is the thing. Character is important because genius without character expresses himself as a fool. Genius without character expresses himself as a fool. So people can have genius, but if they don't have character, they sound like a fool, even though they might have a high IQ. Well, some people are just predicated on I have a high IQ, not working to build the character to utilize the IQ properly. Some people are predicated on they're talented, not working on building the character to use the talent properly. Some people are good speakers, not working on the character to use the voice properly. So all those different levels, you just got a person speaking like a fool. You know what I'm saying? You got somebody that's, that, that's using their gifts like a fool or their talents like a fool, right? All right, because they're not working on the character, right? <clears throat> if you don't, um, <laughs> okay, so, so this is the thing. We can't compensate for laziness, right? We don't want to assist laziness. We want to make a demand on discipline and character. So a lot of times we, we look for, to excuse laziness. You know, some people just tell you, I'm, I'm lazy. You know what they're telling you, right? Don't ask me to do nothing. But 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 in our culture, they'll say, hey hey, they're keeping hundred. They're keeping it real. They're keeping it real. They lazy. lazy is not a permanent condition. <laughs> like, like it's it's not like, man, I wish I was more uh, dark skinned. No, lazy is something that can change the moment you open your mouth, right? But but that's that's the culture that we're in. Ah, am just lazy. And so so they listen, man, listen, don't get on me. Everybody, everybody don't roll like you. Now, I'm not asking you to roll like me. I'm asking you to roll like it requires for you to do this job. <laughs> so you don't have to roll like me. This is how it, this is how ministry is done. This is how this job is done. This is how we play on this team. So, so so. See, again, these, these principles and these fundamentals are for all of us. I'm not asking you to apply them with, uh, through your personality the same way I would. We got different personalities. Oh, but we're not. The, the, the core of what we're asking is non-negotiable. But you're fighting to negotiate the core, which will weaken our whole company. No, we can't, we, we, we can't be doing that. That's not happening. Same thing, I always say this, and, and you guys have been around a long time, people that's been here a while, like, present it. If you think of something we need to do, present it. But if you start dictating to God's vision, we're not doing that. See, that's different. Now you're changing the core. We heirs for the kingdom of God. We're not changing. We're not going to change the core. You know, if you go through the core values, we have core values. They was already out there. They're on the website. They've been out there since, since we started the church. Before we started the church, before anybody ever showed up, these are the core values. Why do they do praise and worship like that? Read the core values. Why do they do children's ministry? Read the core values, right? Because that's our core. That's our fundamentals is, is, is why we float to what we do. All right, there doesn't have certain music playing in the sanctuary. It's a core value. Like, like we, we're not changing that. It's, but it's, see, again, it's already been that way, so it's not personal, Right? So that's the thing. So, yeah, utilize your personality, but but we can't change the core. See see this is where this is where we we arrive at integrity. So 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 to operate in the in a character test, we have to secure integrity. See, I know something about people of integrity. They expect to be believed. You know, they don't be uh having those type of arguments where Say, I know you don't believe me. No, 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 no. A person of integrity expect to be believed because they're consistent. They're the same. So they go, you're either going to believe me now or you're going to believe me later, but I know you're going to believe me because I'm saying I ain't changed. Right? They expect to be believed. If they're not believed, this is the good thing about people of integrity. If they're not believed, they let time confirm their truth. Remember we talked about God vindicates you? So they're like, Okay, I'm, so, so I, I'm telling you this, I ain't guessing, because I operate in integrity. But you may not believe me. It's okay. Time will reveal. And you, you, you either be humble enough to come back and say, you know, I see what you're saying, or you, or you just do something different but never tell me, you, was, you know, you was right for what you said. Right? And so when we go through this, uh, this character test, it's a heart trial. It's testing your heart. Right, uh, Proverbs 17.3, the Lord trieth the heart. So not what we say on the outside, not how we present ourselves. See, man looks on the outward appearance, right? This is, the scripture says in uh, 1 Samuel, God looks at the heart. And this is the thing, you go, I don't understand why I'm not being allowed to do this. You might not be checking your heart. You may can't see your heart, but God does. And so, so are you going to humble yourself to say, it must be something I need to work out in my heart, right? <laughs> you know, if God is not allowing this to happen, right? God ain't trying to send you nothing to be temporary. And, and, and as I was thinking of this, I was thinking of, like, that's where your integrity is. It's in your heart. Really? You know, Their heart ain't right. You, hear that? you ever hear that statement? I don't know. Their heart ain't right, man. Something ain't right about them. <laughs> they're saying all the right things, but something's not right about them. Uh, Job chapter 2, verse 9. Remember when he first started going through what he was going through? His wife was like, so you're going to hold on to your integrity? She like, she questioned, why are you? Look at the circumstances. Why won't you just let go? See, this is what we go through when we're building our character. It's not, it's not just you going through it. People are watching you going through it, and they'll give you how they would handle. But you got to hold on to your integrity. And this was somebody close to him. So people close to you. His wife was like, come on, man. They were telling him, curse God and die. Why are you holding on to your integrity, your core? Because he knew, I don't care what's happening, but if I hang on to this, this is what got me what I, what, what I have with God. So I don't care what the circumstances is, I'm never... I'm never giving up my heart to the adversary. My heart will be with God regardless of the circumstances. Can we say that? Is our heart jumping back and forth based on circumstances? See, again, can we be trusted? Job 27.5, he said it. He said, I held on to my integrity. It says he held on to his integrity. She, now, when it first started, she was like, why are you holding on to your integrity? 27, held on my integrity. You know, he got blessed double, right? So in the end, what? He was vindicated. <laughs> he was vindicated. It all played itself out. See, see, when we're processing through this core character and this integrity, integrity is a test of excellence. Can I be excellent no matter what the circumstances? See, the excellence is intention to detail, Right? Is you don't have a lazy mind. Your scripture says, Don't faint in your mind. It's constantly so. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm locked into attention to detail, regardless of the circumstances. Regardless of if I got a promotion, regardless of a circumstance come up, I'm not feeling that good today. I'm still excellent. I'm still going the extra mile. I still operate in attention to detail. But I'm not changing because, man, I'm chilling, man. You know, I, I got afforded this. I'm on vacation here, this and the other. No, I'm still nothing changes my sameness. My excellence is excellent. See, the thing is we expect it from others. You guys are have employees, you expect it from your employees, but, you, but the people that expect it from you, are they getting it from you? Because eventually you reap what you sow, right? Yeah. So, so, so it's, it's a test of excellence. And this is the good thing, This this whole character thing is is, is about courage. And courage is forged in excellence. Courage is forged in excellence because it costs to be excellent. And it constantly breaks our flesh to operate in attention to detail. I remember, uh, I don't think you mind me saying this, Uh, this this is is early years. My son uh, had just got married and he, uh, so he had to get a dresser or something. And so we was going out and he says, uh, uh, I said, so, so they had dressing? He said, no, they didn't have it. I said, I said, so where, so where are you going? He says, I'm going home. I said, going home? I said, you're not going to check the other stores? He's like, Dad, I never really thought about that. I said, son, like if you're going to do something for somebody, go the extra mile because you will want them to do it for you. I said, if I got to go all over the city to get what my wife wants, I'm going to just have to go all over the city. But I'm gonna come home with what she want, unless nobody has it. But I'm gonna try everything I could to make it happen, because I don't want somebody to do that for me. That's why I'm not just buying people socks, because I don't want to. I want somebody to be thoughtful, because I so I want to be thoughtful. I want you, just, you know, that's just me. <laughs> it's excellence, but it, it does something for character. This is the thing. Um, Excellence doesn't let flesh have a vote. Excellence doesn't let the flesh have a vote. The flesh doesn't get a say when you're operating in excellence. We can even use, you know, 1 Corinthians 6, always doing what's best, right? That will be excellent. Always doing what's best, right? Right? Hebrews 6.12. So all this is gonna is building character. I'm, I'm probably going to speed up a little bit because of uh, something else you, you deserve to get before we get out of here today. Um, but I'll read Hebrews 6.12. It says uh, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who, who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Faith and patience inherit the problems. Don't be slowful. You know, operate in consistency and excellence. Scripture says don't faint in your minds in Hebrews 12.3. I already gave you the the, um, the, uh, David scripture. I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. All right, so let's look here at... uh, Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.16, this is another confirmation, you know, to two or three witnesses of two or three scriptures, let every point be established. All right, so 2 Corinthians 4.16, it says, for for which cause we faint not? Again, that word faint means to give up. We don't give up. For which cause we don't give up? Look, it says, but though our outward man perish, yet our inward man, our character is renewed day by day, Right? Though our outward man, our, our front, our presentation, our look good, is being humbled on the inside, we're forging strength on the inside, even though the outside may not look right. And the scripture goes on to say in verse 17, it says, For our light affliction is but for a moment in time, but worketh for us a far more exceeding weight in glory. Then he says, Don't look on the things that you see for they're temporary, look on the things that you can't see for they're eternal, right? Right, so, 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 before he even got into those scriptures, he was saying, yeah, hey, on the outside, it may be looking, looking, looking a little grim. This is the thing as we're going through the character test. If you're not willing to give up everything, you've already lost. If you're not willing to give up everything, you've already lost. If you got non-negotiable, ah, I just want to hold on to this. You're in trouble. See? Because you're presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, right? Romans 12, uh, 1. You know, so, so again, I'm still growing a lot. Me and my wife are still growing, but we still had to give up pride, sometimes our hometown, um, church props. You know, I was at a pretty uh, solid ministry had to let go of the basketball props, you know, every time you go somewhere. Oh yeah, you, you did such and such. Oh, I saw you play against such and such. You know, you had the, you know, ministry esteem. You know, I, you know, when I left, I was, you know, doing a Bible study with the Ohio State football team and campuses and we had the Thunder program and the Ayers basketball program, had all these different programs. Uh, inside stuff, campus ministry, you know, where you get the inside stuff, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So had all this different stuff. But it, it can't be about that. It has to be about obedience. And it just forges character to let those, you know, to transition uh, some of those things. So it takes courage to grow from self-medicating freelance. Um, that's uh, in a position where we're not authorized. We talked about that this morning. To a planet of unwavering air in the kingdom of God. So it takes courage to grow from self-medicating freelance to a planet unwavering heir in the kingdom of God. So our scripture talks about, except they be sent, right? In Romans 10, 17. Let's look at 1 Peter 1. And it's hard. It's hard because that accountability and, and responsibility, I know for me, because I went from accountability, responsibility, of course, I was raised with foster parents for a long time, reunited my family, so now I'm trying to catch up with them. Then I go to college and start playing college basketball. And, and that, that, that athletic life is kind of like you, you're really chilling. Like, you know, you're just playing ball. <laughs> I'm just hooping. Now, I'm going to school, but you're working out, but you know, you just... And then when you're trying to pursue basketball, what are you doing? Working out, you playing basketball. Like, you're really kind of winging it. And every time somebody tries to challenge you in that accountability and responsibility, you're like, yeah, but I'm balling. <laughs> Get to that. You know, I got to try out next week. And so when you, when you shift into consistently building and growing, it's excruciating because, you, you, because you, you haven't been stretched that far, you haven't sustained that long. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you haven't done that. It's not because you're tripping, you just, it's unfamiliar territory. So, so trust me, my flesh was like, okay, surely this is enough, we done, right? And it would say it quick because I wasn't used to it. You know. But once I locked in, once I got it, once I, once I started the momentum, um, I loved being there. Cause I, I didn't even really, I was a basketball player, but for a long time I didn't even work out. Not seriously. You know, I mean, my roommate, I talked to him uh, yesterday, he would get up, he'd stretch, i throw the cover over my head, then would go running, you know, you want to go running? Just like, man, please. And then I was, a, I was a little in-your-face guy. So, if you did something that was good, and you were trying to get me to do it, I wouldn't just say, no, nah, I'm not going to do that right now. I would almost like, man, please, you know, everything had to be a please, and, like defiant. Keith, you working out? My coach would be like, working out, and I'd hold up uh, Slitchmore-looking book. like, Nah, i see you in September. You know, that's probably why I can't contact him to this day. <laughs> you know, because everything is like, everything. But, but, I, but it was like a fear, and fear makes you jump out and, 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 and attack. But on the inside, you're like, no, 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 don't listen to him. Don't listen. I didn't mean that. No, 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 no. I no, what you need me to do? But I just, you know, I just avoided all that stuff, so I wouldn't. Now, I was, they put garbage cans out on the court for people that would throw up at the start of, start of the season. I needed it because I didn't work out. I work out now. I'm not even playing basketball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because now it's, it's, I do it as a lifestyle, not for something. And, and so this is what God's trying to get to. us. So 1 Peter 1. Did I tell you how to go there? All right. So we're going to start here at verse 13. And I believe this is the Amplified Version to um, Marie 13 through 16 it says so prepare your minds for action be completely sober in spirit steadfast self disciplined spiritually and morally alert it says fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed it says live as obedient children of God do not be conformed to the evil desires which governed you in your ignorance so he's assuming You were no longer ignorant. This is before you knew the requirements and the transforming power of the good news regarding salvation. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage. Because it is written, you shall be holy, set apart, for I am holy. And so this is what our goal is. Like, like, why sign on to the kingdom to live the worldly life? You don't need to sign on to the kingdom. You're just beating yourself up every day. But you sign on to the kingdom to live the kingdom life. You see what I'm saying? So, so again, you—it's a—it's a—it's a life where you—you're—you're you're, you're operating in a level of solid character. Let's go over to the next chapter. I'm sorry, three chapters over. 1 Peter 4. And so now i am signed on to this life, and I'm trying to understand how the life operates. I used to tell the guys at Ohio State, they were like, I don't understand why we do this. We didn't do this in high school. You're not in high school. You're in a new university. They're paying for you to come here. Full ride. They're trying to set you up to be multi-millionaire. Learn the system. Don't come in with your own system. Learn the system. Uh, or... Uh, well, Ray was there, but I coached a team called the Thunder. It used to be Sons of Thunder, James and John, but the pastor changed the name. And so, so we, had, we had guys play top college ball, professional ball, you know, and everybody came with, you know, you played pro. I, I played pro. I played overseas. I played this. I said, listen, man, with all due respect, I'm sure you guys got schemes. We ran this offense. I said, could we start with what our vision here at the church is? What's the vision for the Thunder basketball team? I said, once you've mastered that, now, now you'll see where your, your plays, your drills, where it fits in this. Because God set the members of the body as it pleases you. So if he sent you here, he sent you to this team for a reason. So find a vision and then find where you fit. But don't try to change the vision to what you were comfortable with. I said, because all you guys, I'm, I'm sure, you guys are all bald. So I, ne- I, I didn't deny their skill set. I just said, hey, let's find a vision first. And this is what happens. So now, we're trying to find out, okay, we came into this life. What's the system and how we're supposed to operate in this life? You know, uh, you just got a promotion. They take you through training and they show you, this is what our systems is. You don't come and say, nah, I'm not doing that. No, you're trying to find out how to fit, right? All of us in all of our jobs, right? All right, so first, Peter 4 is going to help us. Verse 12. We'll start at verse 12. It says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you. So don't think it's strange. This is just a part of what we wrote, how we wrote. It says, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Why is this happening? No, this is what's supposed to happen. It says, but rejoice in so much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. I'm in too, right? Verse 14. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. So, so, so if I'm going through stuff, that's saying something's on me. The glory of God is resting upon me, so I'm going through a process that's trying to, to, to arrest me from that power and presence of God. So I'm rejoicing, not, why is this happening? All right? This is verse uh, Verse 15. It says, but let none of you suffer as a murderer. So it says, suffer for Christ as, 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 as trying to forge out a relationship with Christ, but don't be suffering as an as, as a, a evildoer. It says, as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters, it says, yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on, on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous, look, look, this is important. If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. So don't shift from well-doing because you're going through a process, right? Don't shift. See, but I like this, this part. It says, if the righteous scarcely be saved. Like, like we're not supposed to be scared, like barely, ah, ah just slipped my, just got, just got my foot in the door before the raft came down. No, we're not, <laughs> Ooh, whoa, boy, you felt that heat? <laughs> oh, no, we're not supposed to be living like that. Yeah, that's not how we're supposed to be rolling. Uh, 2 Timothy 4.3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers, people that will confirm their compromise. But I noticed something. Look at that. Sound doctrine takes endurance. Like, like, it's not just easy to receive. Man, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to come to church, man. I'm just trying to hang in there. That's exactly. It's supposed to cost something. Sound doctrine takes endurance. We want it to be so comfortable for us. No, don't cost you nothing if it's comfortable. If, if everybody else is doing all the work, how do you benefit? If I exercise for you, who's getting stronger? Me, right? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, is what Scripture says. And and this is what happens is you'll be able to gauge people that are freelance, self-appointed, or um, or what I call overly accommodating, because they'll avoid all these tests. That's why they're self-appointed and accommodating. Because I ain't trying to go through the test. I just, I'm just going to skip the line. <laughs> and I'll just deal with whatever happens when I get there. You know, and I'll just keep hustling. Maybe nobody will find me out. That's why the scriptures many are called, but few are chosen. Matthew 22, 14. See, because there are few that are still enough. Remember, be still know that Be still to know that I'm God. Still enough to wait on God's mantle of chosenness. There's few that's. That will go through every test they need until God chooses them. Knowing, see, once, once God chooses you, you know, hey, I've gone through all the tests I need. This is not a temporary appointment. But if you choose yourself, you're going to be looking over your shoulder the whole time. Soon as some pressure comes, well, you know, I don't even know how are supposed to be here, but <laughs> you know, you would be like, what's the uh, uh, catch me if you can? You know, ah, ah, doctor, uh, doc- doctor, 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 uh, this is emergency surgery <laughs> back there. That dude started packing up his degree. <laughs> I'm out, man. I ain't doing no real surgery, you know. <laughs> you know, I can go in there and be like, oh, you, you can, because uh, 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 what do you do? Uh, you take blood? Yeah, so, so he was doing stuff like that. Uh, uh, nurse, you go ahead, take care of that. You know what? I trust you, nurse. You could do a little more than that today. Cause he couldn't do nothing, and then they was like, there's nobody here. He was like, "Oh, let uh, Doctor uh, uh, Tenenbaum. He can take care of that." That day, he it wasn't nobody else coming. Skip <laughs> <get> my degree <laughs> man. I'm out of here, right? You know. <laughs> uh, I heard a pastor say this. We had a, a minister at the church, and you know, he kind of was uh, presented himself well. And he, so we were at the hospital that day. He said, "He said, listen, man." He said, Minister Such and Such, he said, he can get a job at this hospital. He can get a job as a heart surgeon until he has to perform the surgery. He said, that's the thing. Surgery's coming in our lives. So God is saying, uh, be still, pass the the test of character, so when it's time for you to perform a surgery, you ain't going to cost nobody their lives. You see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? And so wait on that man to have chosen That's what Abraham did, you know, uh, Genesis 12. And when God said, what you want, man? You know, and he said, he said listen, man, I'm going to bless you, make you a blessing, and I'm going to bless them to bless you. But he said, leave your, your brother and your kindred. It's time for you to leave familiar. You've been compliant now. Now it's time for you to go for yourself. Kamash says that, right? So that's why I said you have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise in Hebrews 10:36. Right? That will of God is allowing us to go through a process. That's why when equipment heirs for the kingdom of God, the heir differs nothing from a servant as long as he's a child, but is under tutors and governors to the point in time of the father. That heir is being trained to have the character to handle the inheritance. Remember the prodigal son jumped out there and went ready. Came to himself and came back and says, Hey, I, you just hired me as a servant. I'll just be one of your higher servants. But he came back with the right heart and attitude to be received as an heir. So he was a son, rebelled, came back willing to be a servant and was received as an heir. But if he was operating as a servant, though he was a child, he would have just grown into being an heir. He wouldn't have to go out and and lose everything he had, you know, in a foreign place. Does that make sense? So the scripture says, they that wait on the Lord shall, um, oh, no, it says, verse 29 says he give power to the faint. Isaiah 40, 29 through 31 says he gives power to the faint, them that have no might, he gives strength, right? This says, you know, you should mount up with uh, eagles, you should run and not faint. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, right? But wait on the Lord, it's key. But I was thinking about Psalm twenty-three, thirteen. after he says, I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. And so as I was meditating on this teaching, the Lord was saying, very few people have waited in the spirit to be chosen to rule in the natural. Very few people have waited in the spirit to be chosen to rule in the natural. So very few people have waited on the Lord, you know. Most people temporarily wait and wrestle in the flesh and then manipulate and subtly orchestrate or blindly create their own rule, but very few people wait on the Lord. So, so a lot of times they, people, uh, they, they spend time manipulating for what's meaningless in comparison to what's meaningful, right? Many are just uh, trying to search for their own thing versus the obedient thing. And so, so, so um, I'm about to uh, close out. Just give me a couple extra minutes just to finish this test so we can hit another one. Um, if we learn to search for service, that's where to be faithful, we'll begin to receive our own. So, so when we live our life and we want to be somebody, we have to search for a place of service. Most of the time we're searching for our own and skipping service right? But we have to search for a place to be faithful. So waiting on the Lord is to be engulfed in service. Waiting on the Lord is to be engulfed in service, faithful in another man's, with no regard for self, with no regard for self, right? So I gave you the scriptures of waiting on the Lord, but the scripture says in Philippians 2, verses 2 through 4, you can just write it down, but it talks about Look, not every man on his own thing, but on the things of us. We can read this real quick. This ain't gonna hurt. Set our eyes on it, right? Philippians 2. Obviously, we talk about it enough, or we do talk about it, because I heard somebody reference it the other day. I was like, uh-oh. It's in their heart. <clears throat> so Philippians two, two, It says, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Verse three, let nothing be done through strife or banglory, selfishness, but in lowliness of mind, as humility, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look at verse four. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. All right, And that's how we have to write. We have to wait in service. Of course, Scripture says... Um, He that is faithful in that which is another another man's, God will give him his own. So engulfed in another man's, you catapult yourself into your own. But the way you catapult yourself into your own is to be engulfed in somebody else's. But think about that principle. It makes sense, right? Because if you have your own, you want people that are helping you to be engulfed in what you're doing, not focusing on themselves. But if you're focused on yourself right now, everybody that will be a part of what you're doing will be focused on themselves. But if you're all in in helping someone else, people will be all in in helping you, right? See, your fruit is for somebody else to partake of. You're going to partake of uh, uh, some, some other fruit that people are supposed to uh, offer to you. So waiting on uh, engulfing yourself in another man's is the key. Um, waiting on the flesh, waiting in the flesh is frustrating um, because this is the thing. Um, when we're in the flesh, if you're frustrated with delay, you're anxious with quiet, and you're offended in the wilderness, and you, all you think about is yourself, right? And it keeps delaying and delaying and delaying. And so, so the key to getting through this process, because sometimes we, we, we lock in and we say, Hey, I'm going to just do this thing. But then, you know, you talk to your cousin, your nephew, uh, Jimmy, Aunt Betty, mama. And so some of us haven't hurdled the rejection of men to experience the reception of God. Some of us haven't hurdled the rejection of men to experience the reception of God. So we got to get past that. That's what uh, Job had to get past. His wife was like, and his friends, curse God and die. He, he, listen, my, I'm just going to have to weather this storm. Jesus had to get past that. Moses had to, everybody, everybody had to get past that. So we have to be able to get past that. It's not about what they think you should be doing. It's about what God is telling you to do. And guess what? He's sending you. It's, it's what he's purposed you to do. Everybody may not always understand. So the scripture says you will receive a hundredfold with persecution. In Mark chapter 10, verse 30. All right? It says, with it says, is He that giveth up houses, lands, mothers, fathers, you know, for my sake, shall receive a hundredfold with persecution. So the persecution is coming. Matthew chapter 10, 26 to twenty two through 26, he said, Man, they hated me, they're gonna hate you. There gonna be some hating. <laughs> right? But 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 don't worry about the hating. As long as you're obedient. As long as you flow into what I tell you to do, you'll be able to keep the moment, the minimum, right? This is the thing. So this so so, so as we're going through this character test, I know we're talking about spiritually authorized on Sundays, but the hidden one in, in authority will, will be revealed in due season. The hidden one in authority will be revealed in due season. So don't get weary and well doing. You'll reap it if you faint now. Like, don't, don't... And, and again, advanced information, you know, we'll be, we'll be putting this incubator, or you know, some of us already in it, to to give us the, the nourishment we need to fit, to build our character so we'll have the strength to navigate in the environments that God is going to send us to, right? And there's some very special places that people are going to that they never thought possible. I was talking to the young man today, and he was like... He said, I just never, he says, all this stuff is just a surprise. He says, but it's a blessing. You know, he, say, he says, you know, we had just paid off our house, and then we, we get another house, and then I'm tearing down a garage to build a, a a new garage with an apartment on top. Then my in-laws go through stuff, so I got to buy a house a mile away from them so my, my you know, my family could, uh, can go in there and be able to take care of the in-laws. And, and you know... Then, you know, we have to purchase this corporation. And he says, but it's amazing. We've been able to do all these things. I, it's things I never thought possible. I remember when, uh, this is a long time ago, this might've been, been, after 10 years. So it's either 10 years, it's either eight, 10 or 12 years ago. I remember this young man called me, he he said, man, I just can't believe it, man. I've, I've saved up $50,000. He said, I got $50,000 in the bank. Oh my God. He ain't anything about fifty thousand dollars now, you know what I'm saying? And that was—it might have been his thirties at that particular time. And so, but he's maintained his, his 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 anchor and consistency in God. When I have a conversation with him, I still hear the root and the core of his life, right? The same principles, the same character. It's God, right? And phenomenal, you know. I hear people all the time talking about, you know, I'm you know, phenomenal in sales. I guess it depends on who you talk to because, <laughs> you know, this person is, is, is a whole other stratosphere. And, and that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's just one example. And, and somebody might not be in, even care about none of those things. But you do care about peace in your family, peace in your life, peace in your health, Um, to be able to afford to send that peace to others, to position yourself with a vision and purpose so other people can participate, be faithful in that so they can grow into their vision and purpose. You should care about that at least. You know what I'm saying? You may not want nothing. Right? Not a problem. So that affords everything God pours into you to pour into somebody else. Don't think because you want nothing, God's not gonna. You're not gonna have anything. God just still send you exceeding abundantly above, and you can just take it all and help other people to fulfill what their purpose to do. All right, but it takes character to do that. All right, so that's all for the character test.